Ion 2020, episode 209. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Welcome to Ion2020. This is your Tuesday episode. Thank you for joining me. This is Ray Eaton, your host. And I wanted to let you guys know about something that has kind of crept up in the news. And I've been saying this about this particular candidate since about March or April, I think it was, when he first announced that he was going to be running I kind of saw him and I said, man, this guy is going to be a sleeper. He is an excellent communicator. He uses kind of like wizardly words to, you know, those hypnotizing words to get you to listen to what he has to say. And he just seems like he is really on top of his game when it comes to things. And on top of that, on top of that, he has the support of a lot of the big bundlers, which the bundlers are the people that like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama have that'll bring 500, 600 people to a dinner and they'll pay $3,000 a plate and they'll walk out of there with, you know, a couple million bucks right off the bat from one, from one big event. They'll get a thousand people to come in with a $3,000 donation for dinner. And all of a sudden that money goes to Pete Buttigieg from each of those individual donors And that's who I was talking about, by the way, is Pete Buttigieg. He is the person that is creeping up in those polls. He's the person that they're saying won the last debate. And he's the person that is starting to see the polls change in his favor. And I've been saying this for a while, though. Like, I remember, I think it was around April when he came out, I just said that. And then you saw him have a subpar debate performance over the last couple of debates. But he's been out there. He has a really good ground cam- ground game going on in Iowa. And I just think that he's going to start creeping up those polls. I really do because people are not satisfied with Joe Biden. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are way too far left. So when it comes time to the general election, when someone's running specifically against Donald Trump, there's going to the people like Elizabeth Warren, someone like Bernie Sanders is not going to be able to move to the center in order to get those people that are undecided, those people that are the swing voters, the 30 to 40 percent of people that have not really made up their mind about who they're going to vote for or the people that are easily swayed, I guess is what you would say, the people that are easily swayed to vote for somebody else. And Donald Trump can go after those people because Elizabeth Warren is way too far left. And so is Bernie Sanders. And they're going to have a very hard time moving to the right. Pete Buttigieg, though, he kind of stayed out of the fray for a while. I think he let... He was one of those people... And this is actually a poker move, right? You are at a table playing Texas Hold'em with like 10 people, right? And what you do is you just let your you just fold the first 5 6 7 hands you just fold 
If you got a really good hand, you might play it. You might try your hand a little bit, but you'll just, you know, don't take any big risks. Just hold on to your money. And then you'll see people start dropping out. It'll get down to four or five people, six people. And then at that point, you can start playing a little bit more risky, win a really good hand, wait till you have pocket aces or pair of tens or something like that, you know? A couple of, a, like a queen of hearts and an ace of hearts, and hopefully you can get a flush maybe. And like only play and only bet big on those larger hands. But then when you can get down to three people, you can start taking a little bit more risk because you know that the likelihood of those people having a really good hand underneath there, you know, another, like if they had a really good hand, it's, it's less likely if you have a decent hand. And I think that's what Pete Buttigieg did. He ended up just kind of sitting around relaxing, you know, he was able to get what he needed to, to get into these debates. He was able to get the 2%. He had the vote. He had the individual contributors, things like that. He has those bundlers, like I said, that are able to get him the number of people that he needed. He needed to have like 65,000 individual donors as well as, as well as, you know, 2% in the polls. And he's managed to creep up to three, four, five percent in the, in some of the polls. I've seen other polls that have him around 8 or 9%. So he's made made it to the point where he can get into the next debate. So he goes for the jugular just a little bit more during the last debate where he attacks the front runner. He goes after Elizabeth Warren. He goes after a few of the other people. He seems more confident on stage. Well, actually, he always seemed confident on stage. But that's who I'm talking about today, guys, Pete Buttigieg, because... He's the sleeper. I've been saying it since April. He's the person that was going to creep up in those polls. I didn't know if he was going to be able to capitalize on it, though. Like, about a month ago, maybe two months ago, that was probably about a month ago, I was saying that I think that he's shooting for the vice president spot or maybe get his name recognition out there now so that he can run for a Senate position in, in Indiana. Maybe he can run as a senator and then in 2024 if Trump wins then he can go off and run for president and he'll already have done it once he already has the connections made or maybe if a democrat ends up beating him out he becomes the vice president presidential nominee and then in eight years he'll be a nice young face still that can take over the presidency from a Joe Biden or an Elizabeth Warren that's what I was saying about a month ago, but now I'm starting to think to myself, maybe my initial instincts were right. Maybe he is going to end up being a front runner. And I got a little bit of information to tell you guys about that kind of doesn't prove me right, but it gives me a good argument to say that this guy definitely is um, the maybe po- or quite possibly the one that will end up taking it from Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Joe Biden. It's not going to be Kamala Harris. She's dropping in the polls big time. But he definitely he he definitely has found his niche. And this is this is what I noticed during the last debate. He's taking he's trying to go down a middle road. He's trying to go down somewhere between where Joe Biden's at, which is the centrist Democrat, right? 
the experienced Democrat. He's trying to be the centrist. He's not trying to do too much crazy change. He's just trying to, you know, be better. Than, I'm better than Donald Trump. That's what he's going for. I'm the guy that can be a steady hand at the wheel, unlike Donald Trump. Pete Buttigieg is doing something very similar. He's talking about being a steady hand at the wheel, somebody that maybe doesn't have a lot of experience, but understands people, understands America. But he's taking a middle road. He's not going for Medicare for all. He's going for, he's really focusing on the idea of Medicare for all who want it. So he's taking that middle ground. That's what he's doing. That's what he did during the debate. He's not going for the jugular on people, except for when it comes to some easy pickings like Medicare for all being way too expensive. How are we going to afford something like that? Why don't we just have Medicare for, for those who need it, for those who want it? Offer it as a public option. He stole that from Joe Biden. Joe Biden had to claim it back during the debate. But that's where, that's where Pete Buttigieg is. He's definitely he he definitely sounds way more convincing than Joe Biden and he's going down that Joe Biden lane though he's a little bit further to the left than Joe Biden in his views i think personally in his real personal views he's more of a bernie sanders guy cuz supposedly he voted for bernie sanders in 2016 supposedly he helped on the bernie sanders campaign in 2016 so his views more align with Bernie Sanders than with Hillary Clinton. His views, personal views, more in line with Bernie Sanders and probably Joe Biden. But that's the lane that he's going down. He's moved himself to the right already. He stayed away from the left. He didn't get himself bogged down too far into the left. He said it just enough to get himself into, the, into these debates. And now he's moved to that right. He's moved to that right position so he can own that lane. Because nobody else has except for him. Amy Klobuchar tried. But she's not that person. She will not be the Democratic nominee. But she tried to go to the... She tries to run that lane as well. There's a few others that didn't make it into the debates. John Delaney and a few others that were trying to run that lane, and they're not that person. They were not as charismatic. They did not have the answers to the questions that people wanted to hear. Pete Buttigieg seems like he has it. And then the field is narrowing down. The next debate might have six or seven people in it tops. Maybe even less than that. But I think there'll be like six or seven people will be in that next debate. And Pete Buttigieg will be there. He'll be able to stand out even more. If he goes on the attack, it'll be noticed even more. But who knows if he'll have to even go on the attack at this point. I don't know. He'll be able to stand out. And get this. So this is what I was looking at. And it gives me, it, it makes me feel like, it get, It makes me realize, hey, maybe I am right. Maybe I am right, you know? And I don't agree with the guy's views, so don't take me the wrong way. I'm a libertarian. I'm not rooting for him. I just saw him coming from behind. Back in April, when I first heard him speak, I was like, people are going to love this guy once they get to know him. So here's what I found, looking at some polls and stuff that came out. USA Today did a poll. It was after the debates is when it was released. 
and it has uh, Pete Buttigieg at 13% in Iowa. This is an Iowa, Iowa Democratic Presidential Caucus. Pete Buttigieg, 13%. Senator, Senator Elizabeth Warren, 17%. Joe Biden, 18%. Bernie Sanders, 9%, guys. This is a USA Today poll in Iowa. Bernie Sanders is like so strong in Iowa, and Pete Buttigieg is beating him in this poll. Bernie Sanders at 9%, Harris at 3%, Steyer, or Steyer at 3%, and Gabbard at 3%. Klobuchar, 3%. Yang, 1%. Yang does not have his gang hanging out in Iowa, apparently. Does not have a good ground game at all, apparently, in Iowa. But, that's the biggest news. Iowa, 13% for Pete Buttigieg. He is climbing in those polls. So when you cl- when you look at the polls that came out. You can go to the real clear politics average on those for Iowa. And it tells the last three polls that came out. And it has Pete Buttigieg is consistently going pretty well in Iowa. 10-3 to 10-11 the CBS poll that came out had Biden 22%, Warren 22%, Sanders 21%, Buttigieg 14%. So they're in a statistical dead heat between the top three and then Buttigieg at 14%. But then an Emerson poll that was taken after the debate 13th to the 16th of, of, of October. Biden and Warren, 23% each. Buttigieg at 16% and Sanders at 13%, beating Sanders by three points. That That's within the margin of, margin of error. And then you got USA Today, that's the most recent one that came out, 16th to the 18th of October is when they did the poll. Biden, 18%, Warren, 17%, Buttigieg, 13%, Sanders, 9%. Beating him by four points. That's outside the margin of error. So he's moving up. He's moving on up, man. He is definitely doing what he needs to do to get the votes in Iowa. When you win Iowa, it catapults you to the top going into New Hampshire. South Carolina, though. Joe Biden's doing pretty well. I think you have 15 weeks until the Iowa caucus. A couple days after that, New Hampshire, and a couple days after that, South Carolina. So let's say 16 weeks, that would be four months until those come up. These This guy has a pretty good ground game in Iowa. I suppose he has 22 offices and stat, fully staffed and all that. Uh, go to New Hampshire. This is what we got. Boston Herald, 10-9 to 10-13. Warren, 25%. Biden, 24%. Sanders, 22%. Buttigieg, 9%. So he's not doing very well in New Hampshire, but he probably has very little name recognition in New Hampshire. And by the way, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren's from from, uh, Massachusetts, Bernie Sanders from Vermont, they got New Hampshire surrounded, so... You'd expect them to do pretty darn well in New Hampshire. So what you'll probably find, if Buttigieg keeps his ground game strong in Iowa, he might end up winning Iowa. You never know. But there is a large field of people. But if he could bring more people over to him through these debates and stuff, he might end up being able to win, win Iowa. And maybe Elizabeth Warren wins New Hampshire. And then Joe Biden wins South Carolina. 
that's when you have the three top front runners at that point going into like Super Tuesday, where I think you have 15 or so of the states that have their primaries. So we'll see what happens. But Pete Buttigieg, that's what I wanted to talk about today, because he is coming on strong. And I I just knew it. I When I heard him talk, I was like, if I was a Democrat, I would vote for him. <clears throat> if that was me, I'd vote for him because he has the charisma, he has the personality, he's young. Democrats love a young candidate. Democrats love somebody that looks the part. That's what they go for. That's what they go for. Charisma, they go for that. Cult of personality, they go for that stuff. I don't know if Pete Buttigieg is getting the same crowds that Barack Obama was this far in, but there was way less people running against him. I know Bernie Sanders gets these huge crowds. But I think maybe they'll start moving over from... So Sanders and Warren are the ones, they're battling for people right now to see who's going to take the most. Because Sanders can get... If Warren dropped out, you'd probably see a lot of her people go over to Sanders. In some of these polls, they'll show you, like, you know, who's the second choice and stuff. And a lot of times, people do go directly over to Biden, though, because they think he's the most electable. And then it becomes a matter of who's more electable, Joe Biden or Pete Buttigieg, if that was the case. Everyone else is out, I think. I don't think that anyone... I think Harris is going to be gone. I think Klobuchar is going to be gone. I think Tom Steyer, he has a millions of dollars, man, $100 million, so he might be able to stand. He might start being able to take that middle ground road as well. Tulsi Gabbard, she's gone. She's just going to kind of create some havoc, I think. Um, but I don't know if she's going to make the next debate. And I just don't think that she is uh, going to be the candidate that's going to win anything. I, I just don't see that happening. I think she'll be gone soon as well. They say she might run as a third party. Who knows? I doubt that is going to be the case. She's going to try to make amends with the Democratic Party, keep her position in the House, and keep on moving on. Cory Booker is getting no traction whatsoever. Neither is Beto O'Rourke and Julian Castro. Those three are gone. Julian Castro even said, if I don't raise like a million dollars within the next four days, I'm going to be forced to drop out. When they do that stuff, you know that they're desperate. Cory Booker did something similar. It just gave a little bit of breathing room for him. But he'll be gone soon as well. You'll start seeing these people drop out because these guys are getting 0, 1, 2% in the polls. That's not sufficient to get them to the next debate anyway. So it's going to become a matter of who is more electable, Buttigieg or Biden, and that'll be people's second choice. I've even seen some polls that show if their candidate says, if your candidate does not get elected, who are you most likely to vote for? And like 4 or 5% will say Trump. So who knows what those what's in those people's minds as well? It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell about the, these voters, you know? But that's the interesting stuff about the polls. Now what I was looking at, also, you guys know I always follow these things. as the election betting odds sites. I love them because I think that it's a good way to tell, you know, where some, peop- some people are currently as we speak because that's where people are putting their money at and that's where people are... Um, willing to put their money where their mouth is, you know? You still have Warren whooping some butt. She was in the 50s for a while, though. 50% chance of becoming the Democratic primary nominee. Now she's at 44%. She's going down. She went down 3% since yesterday. 
Joe Biden at 19%. He was down around 17, 16 and 17% for a while. And then for a while, you had Hillary Clinton as the third person. I mentioned that a couple of days ago, where she was at like 7 or 8% at one point. But now she's dropped down to fifth place for winning the Democratic primary. She's not even in the primary, by the way. But there's a lot of speculation that she might get in. But Pete Buttigieg is third on those, okay? 11% chance. If, I, if it was me and I could go to those betting odd sites right now and bet... I would throw 50 bucks on Buttigieg, man, because I think that he might get it. I really do. Clinton, though. Okay, then Sanders is actually below Buttigieg by three points. Sanders is at 7.8%. So, and then you got Clinton at 5% and Yang at 3%. So, the reason why, so with Clinton, I've been thinking about this, right? And I said this a couple days ago, I thought she was going to get in. I, I still... I I still think that she might get in, but I don't give it like an 80% chance or a 70% chance. I think it's more like a 30 or 40% chance. And the reason why is because I think that she's on a book tour, right? She's trying to sell books. She's trying to get headlines. And by doing what she's doing, she's all, she you know, she's full of herself. She thinks she's the greatest thing that ever happened to the world. And how wonderful she is and the and the presidency was taken from her and all that. I think a lot of this thing, a lot of the things that she's saying, it's on the book tour. She's going to say, why wouldn't I get in? Or I could beat him. Because it's going to make headlines and then her book's going to be public. It's going to show her book that she's trying to sell. And it's going to make headlines to get people to buy the book. And then she goes after Tulsi Gabbard. It gives her more headlines. More people buying the book. So it might be just completely out of the greed, the idea that she wants to sell more books. I'm fine with that. Keep selling books, man. Give that money to charity. Give that money to the government for all I care. Do what you want with it. But yeah, so that's why I think I'm kind of skeptical now whether she's going to get in or not. I think a lot of it was probably just to sell books, but who knows. But anyway... Besides that, Pete Buttigieg, man, I've just been thinking about the guy, and I was like, he won the debate, that's what they're all saying, so that's going to help him move up in the polls. If he can capitalize on that and really get his message out there, he might be able to take over and win Iowa, specifically. I think that's what he's going for, is he's trying to win Iowa right now. He was on two of the Sunday morning shows on Sunday as well. He was on Fox News Sunday, he was on MSNBC Meet the Press. Chuck Dodd is the meet depressed guy. The meet the depressed, I guess you is, is a better way to say it. So he was on meet the depressed, and uh, Chuck Todd is just like, this is the way Chuck Todd is. He is totally vocal. As a news journalist, he's supposed to be unbiased. He's supposed to not take a position, just ask the questions. But Chuck Todd will open the, open the show with, we're in the worst days of America ever with Donald Trump, and this is what happened this week. Like, he's clearly very opinionated about everything. So, all he was doing was having a love fest with Pete Buttigieg the whole time. Just, oh yeah, tell me about how great you are, and how about uh, Medicare for All? Uh, why? Wh- what's so much better about your plan? Because I think that it's pretty good, too. Like, he was just all about just having a love fest with uh, Pete Buttigieg. Now, Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday got a little bit more combative with him in the sense that he asked him, well, what makes you think that you're going to be 
the next nominee and uh how are you going to pay for your medicare plan as well medicare for some how are you going to pay for that you haven't been specific on anything about how you're going to pay for it i think it gave satisfactory ish answers i guess but to me raising taxes on me or anybody i think is a bad idea and that's what he's planning on doing and then he also says we're going to have the government like renegotiate drug plans and all that stuff in order to pay for it too, save money that way. I just don't see the federal government negotiating drug prices that's going to save that much because there's so much damn bureaucracy that goes along with that stuff as well. So I don't really, I mean, I listened to him. I just wanted to see what he was going to say. So, uh, But you hop on the dude's website and the hardest thing was getting to his uh his actual page that describes everything. I went to the website, typed in PeteForAmerica.com, and it makes you put your email address and zip code in there. So I try, And I actually tried to figure out a way to get around it, and I couldn't for like five minutes, and then I figured out a way around it ultimately. But it took me a little while. Most people just type in their email address in there, and they're a zip code. But I think that that is done on purpose because it's going to make sure that you get that mailing list so you can start bombarding people with their email address or with the emails and stuff start sending start figuring out where the people are that are in, interested in looking at you by your zip code but that's all i got for you guys i just wanted to let you guys know how i felt about pete Buttigieg, uh winning that debate which i didn't really notice it at the time but obviously he did because that's what they're saying now and uh he's trying to take that right lane closer towards uh towards vice president biden so we'll see if it works for him i think it's going to work for him i really do um but if you get onto his social issues or his issues and stuff like that he's okay on foreign policy even though like he says he wants to get out of the wars but then he starts criticizing all the stuff that's going on with syria and all and you know it it could be criticized because maybe it was a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction to get out of there without having a plan. But then again, I always take the rule that says what what uh, Ron Paul says. We marched in there, we could just march right back out. We don't need that, that much of a plan, just move on out. So I kind of take that approach with, with most of the wars anyway. Just get the hell out of there. Um, so I'm not going to... I don't really stand with Pete Buttigieg on that. I think that... Uh, we do just need to get the heck out of there, but he's also like, you know, he has the, he has the same left politics as everybody else. So that's what you could just assume. All right. They're all saying the same thing. Every single one of these people on the stage are saying the same thing. They want to give free medicine, free healthcare, free childcare, free, free, this, free, that more welfare, more government programs. And we can socialize everything too. Oh, by the way, let's make sure that we have plenty of labor unions as well. And uh, maybe we should just close off the borders and just make everything here in the good old American USA also, because they have a populist message going on too. A lot of them do. So uh, that's what those guys are talking about. But hey, I appreciate you joining me every single day. I keep on putting these shows up Monday through Friday for you just to make sure that you are well aware and well informed about what's going on with this uh, 2020 election cycle as well. Um, Keep on coming back and listening. You do that by by, uh, subscribing to the show. And you could do that by going to your favorite podcatcher and just uh, pushing subscribe to the show. And then uh, you, if you scroll down further after you subscribe, you give me, give me a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I guess is what it is now. And uh, most of these other 
podcatchers, they'll have some kind of a way to review the show as well if you want to do that. So I'd appreciate that. Uh, check me out, IamTheEmpire.com. I am the Empire is Facebook on Twitter as well. And then if you want to support the show, you can do that. And you just do that by going to the website, IamTheEmpire.com. There's a place where you can support also. Uh, but there's another way to do that. You can go to anchor.fm slash ion2020. Bada bing, bada boom. Hit me up with a little support number, and I will give you a shout out on the show, of course. And then come on back. Keep coming back to the show every day, and you'll have clear vision for 2020. Okay, it's official. First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. The website is up, firstyearinsales.com, as well as the podcast, First Year in Sales. So, if you know somebody or if you happen to be in sales, you might as well go ahead and check this thing out, right? Because it is going to help you become a better salesperson by grounding you with the habits and the skills needed to be successful in sales, especially in your first year. But even if you're not in your first year, might as well check it out because then you'll be able to get back to the basics and getting back to the basics is key in sales. I've always felt that way. So go ahead and check it out. First year in sales is ready and it's a podcast and you can do firstyearinsales.com.